Welcome to the Temperamental Gooners podcast. Roses are red, violets are blue, Arsenal scored four, and Leeds scored two. Finally, after two games, we have a bit of a victory, lads. Uh, yeah, 4-2 to the Gunners uh, on uh, St. Valentine's Day. Bit of a Valentine's Day massacre. Well, not really. We kind of conceded two goals in the end, didn't we, to make it, uh, for it to be a proper massacre. But there you go. 4-2, boys. Uh, I'm quite happy with that. Uh, how are you guys feeling and how did you see it? I'm wondering how long it took you to come up with that little rhyme. <laughs> That's what the to listeners be, really want to know about. To be fair, uh, it's annoying because uh, the guy from Sky Sports, he said it last night and I was thinking, damn, I was going to say that. I just thought about that yesterday in terms of intro. Uh, <laughs> and then he said it. I said, I thought to myself, all right, yeah, he said it already, but I'm still going to say it on the pod. So, yeah, <laughs> cheers. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, that's, that's a great start. Um Usually, Omari goes first part going. I'll give it to me this time. So, well, uh, well, well, Kibbs, before you know, I remember like two pods ago, you weren't very happy when I when I gave him first dibs on the uh, score prediction. So, the carpet is laid out to you. Yeah, I'll just keep it brief. Um, some say I was optimistic pre game and off the back of the last pod with my score prediction. Well, it seemed to come into play this game. Uh, everything we really spoke about actually the last few weeks um, the Arsenal that we need to see in that, in that first half um, was the Arsenal that came out we came out with intentions, came out strong um, and really took it to them I was surprised really because you know, Arsenal at home it, we, we don't have the best home form, uh, I was actually like looking at um, some of the stats beforehand and I think we'd like failed to score in five of the last nine Premier League home games and at home I think we've uh, dropped 18 points already this season so you know when when I saw that I was thinking hmm it really depends what leads turn up today and it was that sort of inconsistent leads tying in with a very strong looking Arsenal team despite our injuries so yeah I was, I was, I was ecstatic really we've done, we done really well in the first half it's a shame that we conceded the two but um, could take so many positives from the game yeah yeah Amari uh, your initial thoughts on the 4-2 victory uh, I was most happy with the fact that um both Smith Rowe and Odegaard were in the team. Um, it was nice to have three very technically secure players working behind Bamiyang, um, and I think it worked really well. Uh, and it seemed like there was, I don't know whether we benefited from having the week off, but it seemed like there was a clear plan as to how to deal with Leeds' threat. I think that we were committing players a lot more and that was evident from a lot of the runs and the work that Saka was doing on the right-hand side. Um, given that Leeds press in that way, where it's almost man-to-man marking that they play in-game, if you can beat your man, you open up so much more space. And that, and that looked to be a lot of what we were, were working to do. Yeah, it was... Uh, I think we did benefit from the rest. Uh, um, you know, we have been playing a lot of games, uh, you know, essentially twice in a week. And this was the first time in a while, while um, that we had a break 
And you know, this this if we were in the FA Cup, we would have been playing on the Wednesday night, uh, whether it be a Wolves, whether it would have been at Wolves away. So you know, in hindsight, you know that rest probably did us good. And yeah, we came out with uh, we came out with some renewed focus. Uh, just just quickly looking at the teams, a bit of surprise uh, with some positions. Um, so uh, David Luiz came straight back in. Rob Holding dropping to the bench. Uh, Ceballos uh, came in to replace the injured Partey, and uh, we had uh, Odegaard starting uh, and Abamyang starting. Smith Rowe seemingly moving to the left hand side. Odegaard slotting in behind the striker, and Abamyang uh, up top. Um, uh, Kibbs, did you think those changes were obviously in hindsight they're justified? But what what were your first initial reactions when you saw the team sheet with those changes? I was slightly surprised not to see Holding. <laughs> Gotta say, seeing Louise, um, I, I thought Louise might drop out. Um, mm. But uh, bar that, or Bamyang playing up top, um, that that was kind of surprising. I thought he might rest Smith Rowe. And he might come yeah. on, um, but having seen Smith Rowe, you know he's he's quite a fluid player. He can play across any of the positions in the in in the three. So yeah, it made sense in hindsight. Um, and you can never say Aubameyang playing up top is, a, is even with his poor form, he can he can perform at a level at, at any point at any time. We saw that today. Um, you kind of feel sorry for Lacazette. <laughs> But I'm sure he's going to have his chances again because you almost feel some of those things, some of those players who were playing and some of those who were brought on, it was, it was rotation. And we, we might see some of the players who didn't start um, didn't start against Leeds on Sunday start against Benfica. I feel a bit bad for Nicolas Pepe, personally. Um, you know, I think he's been really... I know he had a you know he had a tough game against Villa. I think all of our players had a tough game against Villa, but I think that he's had a really good uh, creative slash um, creative and goal and good goal contribution over the last couple of games. And also he's looked very positive. Uh, but I suppose if he had come in, then maybe Saka would have dropped to left back and Saws out and Pepe and Smith Rowe changing positions. But just what what uh, what Bakari Saka is on at the moment? He's just instrumental, so I'm quite happy that that change wasn't made. Omari, uh -huh. mm. what were your thoughts on the lineup? Yeah, I think it seems like well, I mean, we don't know. Maybe Pepe was getting a rest for Thursday night, and I suppose it will, it will show. But it does seem like a pretty much the earliest opportunity <laughs> Arteta is is happy to kind of drop Pepe to the bench and bring mm. someone else in. Um, but, you know, it could be that he's given a rest for, for Thursday night because, yeah, alongside Saka, he'd been our most dangerous player over the last few weeks. Um, yeah, it was, I was glad to see people like Ceballos come into the team and, you know, perform to a, to a good level. At times when we've made changes to the centre of the park, you know, the player come in, the level has dropped, and then also has had impacts on Jacker's performances. But I thought Jacker was again very good on on Saturday, um, yeah. and and Gabriel looked sturdy um, and composed at the back again, um, which I feel like he hasn't done for a little while, even before the uh, COVID issues that he had. I think there was a few games, you know thinking of that Southampton game at the Emirates and, and other matches yeah. where he looked a bit shaky. Um, but yeah, yesterday he looked, or was it yesterday? No, Saturday he looked back to his best. 
back to it. Yesterday. Sunday. Yeah. Oh, Sunday. Yeah. Oh, so, someone had a good. Someone had a good Valentine's. Is already. They've already forgotten what day yeah. it was. Oh please, don't get me in trouble. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. I just had to. <laughs> the funny thing is, right? I was actually going to start off by saying how was everyone's Valentine's. So that was just my thing to get back to that. So I hope everyone had a good Valentine's to all the listeners uh, and everyone's partners out there. I hope yesterday was good. That's why we did not record yesterday, and that's why we're recording today. We made that special sacrifice not to touch Valentine's Day. Anyway, getting back to this now. Um, yeah, I mean, I, j- yeah, it was good to see Gabriel back to something of his uh, initial form of the season. Uh, and I'm very happy with Xhaka's performance as well. I think Granit Xhaka has played some, you know, very good assists. And, you know, let's talk about Bamiang's first goal um, now whilst we're here. Again, uh, you know, we get the ball, uh, make a nice transition, and there's a good interplay between Smith Rowe coming in off the left into the se- more centrally. Abamyang then goes to the wing, and then Zaka finds the pass to Abamyang. Abamyang runs in at that diagonal run, a couple of stepovers. I think, you know, he deceives all of the Leeds defense to think that he's going to try and bend it. But then he, he whips it into the bottom corner, and it's a great, great goal. Great to see the captain on form given his recent struggles yeah yeah just to that point um i, I always feel the best of bamyang um is a bamyang who stays on the shoulder of the last defender whether that's coming in from the left or more centrally um he managed to drag ailing across with him um and and that's the kind of movement we saw all game where as you said the player came in to receive the ball and another player made a run off it. So that if you are having like man-to-man marking, that kind of movement, it just destabilised the whole Leeds team. Um, so that, that Leeds back line didn't really look so comfortable <laughs> um, when, we, when we had players running at them. So that little interplay between Xhaka and Emil Smith-Rowe to release Aubameyang, he had that energy maybe we hadn't seen before. And like... His quickness of motion, the step over, he, was, he saw a chance to shoot and he, and he took it and he scored. So it's just, yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. Yeah, it's a very confident finish. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it was, it was clinical. It's nice to see him be that, that threatening when he's got his defender one on one. It's like a Bamiang at the end of last season when he, he got the, the ball one on one, you always felt like he was going to score. And yeah, he showed that again this weekend. Yeah, and then after that, I mean, even before, to be fair, right, before the goal, Leeds, they, they were a bit threatening. Uh, they had a header, which um, I think, uh, I think uh, Burton Leonard made a good save on, actually. Um, but yeah, after that first goal, we kind of seemed very, very confident and we seemed as if we were quite relieved to get that and then it, it, we got a lot of confidence from it. It's not very often that we go ahead <laughs> go ahead at the Emirates and also as well go ahead in such good time I think the goal was 13 minutes and then after that it was basically the uh, the Bukayo Saka show really I think this player is really really for old school listeners hopefully that we've got them uh, is David Rowcastle uh, back again because that guy uh, Saka he, he is our most vital player now and it was just so important to get him signed up on that contract because that first that first run 
into the heart of the Leeds defence for the penalty that was eventually, uh, you know, withdrawn or whatever. And then him to to press hard on the keeper to force the mistake and then get the second penalty. He's just so, so instrumental to us now. Just, yeah, it's uh, Saka, it's turn of pace, really. He's done it so many times. And again, keep him staying up his ability to use his weak foot. Do I even call it a weak foot? Because he's yeah. got so much control. He's so measured. He just makes, it's a nightmare to face, really. He's so intelligent, makes the right decisions. Um, dare I say that that first decision, I personally think it's a penny. <laughs> because, uh, you know, we've seen decisions given across the last like three or four weeks where the smallest touch is given. And I'm always disappointed when it's gone so far. And you and the referee still make the wrong decision. I feel like I'm of the opinion that it's one of those that can be argued either way, and therefore mm. I don't know what I don't know whether it's a clear and obvious error for VAR to be stepping in to to say it's overturned. But I do think if that's a penalty, then maybe. That set that one in the second half of Bamford is a penalty. So I feel like maybe there was at least a bit of consistency within the game. Mm. Um, but having said that, I don't know whether that when I when you look at that run, you you feel like he's been impeded, um, knocked off his balance. I know was, the touch was slight, but I think at the pace he was moving at, I think it was enough. Um, so I I feel like the penalty, uh, the referee had the right decision in the first instance, but yeah, I was just surprised that VAR even stepped in on that one. Yeah, I I well I I'm more with Kibbs on this one in the sense that I thought it was a penalty. Um, I thought the the defender the body the body of, def- of the defender certainly came across him, mm. and I don't understand why. Yeah, I don't understand why you know when VAR saw it they couldn't see that, but that's just how it is. Uh, you know, luckily enough, we got another penalty straight afterwards, so it didn't make too much of a difference. And to be fair, right, um, the Bamford one that could have gone either way. To be honest, um, if that was if, the, if if that was an Arsenal player running through and being squeezed out like that, I would have been screaming for a penalty. So we got away with one in a, in a sense. If if they had awarded that, then I could have understood it. Um, thank yeah. goodness they didn't, because then that whole Newcastle four four was coming back to me but I'm sure we've got time to talk about that <laughs> in a bit so let's just keep on the positives for now so at that point uh Aubameyang great penalty great dispatch keeper's never gonna save that you you love it that he hits that that sweet corner bit of the goal and there's there, no keeper's gonna save that so that was a great penalty um and then yeah we make it 3-0 uh you know uh very good pressure from the Arsenal boys and then very good interplay to keep the ball and to keep the pressure on Leeds in the box. And then somehow it comes back out. Danny Ceballos plays a really, really crafty, cheeky nutmeg. Uh, goes to Bellerin. Bellerin, boys, you guys last week were on his were on his back a bit. He's uh, he's paid it back a bit now uh, with that goal, maybe. It was a good uh, goal. I mean, I was on his back. I know Kibbs is a big Bellerin. Well, not a big Bellerin fan, but he's a fan of Bellerin. Uh, I was on Bellerin's back and I gave Aubameyang a pie and who scores this week? So clearly, clearly... <laughs> They're listening to the I pod. I geed them up a bit. They needed, they needed, they needed that. Um, Bellerin looked so happy to have scored. He, look, he looked like he was proving the doubt was wrong. 
And I yeah. feel like it was a message to me. Um, so, did, yeah. Did, did you uh, boys, but yeah, it was a good finish. Did you boys see Ceballos' celebration? I love it when da- Danny Ceballos celebrates a goal. He, it's a shame for me that he... I don't think, I don't think he's... I don't think he's a player that we should permanently buy. Personally, yeah, I don't think yeah, he's going to really yeah. advance us. But I do love his passion. I do love the way he celebrates. He, he was just happy to get the stats yeah, for that one. Yeah. It was just because he knew that little nutmeg was so nice. Um, and he was like, yeah. oh, if, he does, if we don't score from that, then it gets forgotten. Yeah. Well, I, I've, seen, I've seen him celebrate like the West Brom uh, goals. And also, I remember the Villa game last season at home when Aubameyang scored that last-minute free kick. He, he's, a, he's a good celebrator. Yeah. Sorry, over to you. Yeah, just to Shabayos, we refer to him as Danny Onions because you know he's quite an emotional guy. So I'm never, I'm never surprised to see him celebrate like that. He's um he's passionate, uh, but yeah, about him staying just quickly, yeah, I think so too. I, I think he's a good player, but I just don't think he's got the legs <laughs> to play consistently, um, in a team like Arsenal where a lot is asked of him. Yeah, not the way that Arteta wants to play. That's for sure. I don't. Yeah. Think. But but on on to the point about the goal. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm a Bellerin fan, but I do appreciate him him being a, a academy product. He, I think for the goal he done really well because I thought like like the other chance his touch may have taken it taken the chance away from him. So yeah, when he when he dragged that across, it seemed intentional actually, and then he, yeah. He, put his foot through it it was a good finish but to the point about us like pressuring and intercepting I think that that was really key throughout the game I think a lot of the chances came for us picking up the ball um picking up the ball from Leeds players in ones and twos and I think I saw in total five Arsenal players made seven ball interceptions it's quite a high number so we were really on it um yeah, I think I think Arteta must have got into them uh, this week about the importance of starting hard and starting fast against a team like Leeds. And I don't want to put a dampener on it, but of all the teams, although we were pretty down last week, and you guys, to be fair, predicted wins on this one, and then I grudgingly predicted a win. If there's any team that you're going to want to come to the Emirates at this moment in time, it's Leeds, because they believe in the way they're going to play. They're not going to try and, you know, park the bus or play counter-attack. They're just going to go for the juggler. So if Arsenal can get a bit of confidence in the, in the way that they move the ball around and, you know, and do their, well, not, all, not, not full gas pressing as, as we saw, yes, uh, as we've seen before, but this time was sort of like more of an intelligent type of pressing, there, there's no better team to come to the Emirates who you can pick holes at uh, at this moment in time than Leeds because they're going to play their fluid way. Um, so yeah, it, it was good. It was a, a very good first half. Very good first half. On to the second half. <laughs> Unless anyone wants to say anything about that. Okay, on to the second <laughs> half. Uh, sorry, I was expecting one of you guys to jump in there. Uh, on to the second <laughs> half. For once, uh, we don't we don't have a slow start to the to a half of a game. So we came out from the off. Uh, very good play from. I, if I remember correctly, there's uh, there's a bit of. I think Saka gets it on the right-hand side, plays it into Bamiyang in the centre. He lays it off for Bamiyang. He darts into the centre of the field, goes for a shot. And, and this is doing a disservice to Saka because he goes past like three players, actually. He goes for a shot. I think it rebounds off someone. Uh, Helder Costa, who just came on for, for Leeds, 
he tries to pick it up. Then Arsenal swarm around him. I think there's a combination of like Smith Rose, Saka, and maybe Xhaka or Ceballos. Um, Smith Rowe gets the ball, does a bit of a step over on that left side, makes an intelligent cross. I'm giving Smith Rowe the credit here. He makes an intelligent cross. He sees a Bamiang in the corner, hits it towards that far corner. Over, diving header, 4 0 up. Game done at that point. Easiest chips there, there, there uh, uh, Amari. I was going to say easiest chips there, Kibbs, but easiest chips there, Amari. <laughs> I think, yeah, the half time team talk would have just been like, let's get out there, get a goal, kill the game. Um, um, I haven't got that goal. Um, I thought game game set match really um yeah i just think again it's just another example of like saka's ability and then as we mentioned carrying on from the first half in terms of pressing in the right ways winning the ball but going to press when there's an actual opportunity to win the ball um and then making it pay i think yeah i mean part of me wants to believe that smith has crossed that but I'm, i'm sure it was a shot and yeah the main thing is someone was there in between the sticks waiting for either a rebound or a miss hit shot to stick it in and you know that was something that maybe last week against Villa you know our centre forwards just weren't in the right areas but this week Aubameyang really really was was making that count. Yeah and and Kibbs that's something you know that's a good point that Amari makes right we don't get enough of those sort of like really easy goals that you know whether it's a, a shot a rebound or it's just like nicely put through um, into the sixth yard, and then someone's to, uh, someone's there to finish it off. So it was refreshing to see Aubameyang, you know, making them pay for that, and there was no chance he was going to miss that. Yeah, as we said, I think it's just the team we're playing against. When the game's so open like that, um, you're going to find it may be in a bit of luck, Smith. Uh, in my in my head, I'm believing that you meant to. But in any case, when when you're playing against a team who, who are just always going backwards, a bit of fear in them, you're going to find space. And, and we managed to do it um, this time round. It was a really, yeah, neat finish from Aubameyang. Just sometimes you don't expect. That was kind of like the perfect hat trick, I would say. But you, I wouldn't. I don't expect to see Aubameyang do those type of things. Um, and I was happy for him to get that kind of goal. I think that'll give him a lot of confidence. Um, with Smith Rowe, I think that was like his fourth assist in the Premier League. Um, considering like he only really started to play the tail end or towards towards the Christmas break, he's he's done amazing, and it's good to see like his good play turn into a goal or assist because with him, he's so intelligent. He, he makes so many runs off the ball. Sometimes it's hard to quantify what he does. So, yeah, I was happy for him. His decision-making, I mean, I, yeah, maybe there wasn't a, wasn't, a, wasn't a shot, but wasn't a cross even. But I think generally his decision-making in play, he just always is doing the right thing, keep it simple, moving the ball quickly. Um, yeah. Can you but believe then we had that, to make uh, it interesting, didn't we? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's come to that. But before, let's just have a little crumb more of when we were four 0 up. Can you believe that's Oba's first hat trick? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In the Premier League, that's, yeah. that's, that's mental. I can. 
Can you remember the team that we've had for the last three years? No, but he scored a lot of like doubles. He scored a yeah, lot of like, goals. Yeah, he scored a lot twos. of doubles. Yeah. yeah. He just, that's what I'm saying. I was actually happy because it wasn't. It just, yeah. Yeah, it's surprising to an extent, but I think when we when we look back at the team that he's been a part of, maybe in Embry's first season, fair enough. But I think for the rest of the time, it's been it's been a struggle, really, yeah. hasn't it? So. But 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 you, you know, saying that, I think Arsenal, I think I, I read something that Arsenal are the team with the players who score the most hat tricks. Yeah, really. Yeah, place. historically, like, yeah, we just we just done it big. We've <laughs> yeah, got yeah, one man there, Thierry Henry. Yeah, 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 there's, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of players. Sanchez, whether it's Ian Sanchez, Wright, Ian Wright. Yeah, there's a lot of players there. Actually, I could probably can believe that stat. That's yeah, serious but, players up front. For Arsenal. Yeah, and by have had. So it's surprising. We've been spoiled up front. Um, so yeah, uh, as Amari said, uh, and then Arsenal had to go and make it interesting. Uh, um, what are you thinking when it went four one up, guys? What are I you mean, thinking? Generally, I have a natural question. Was any were you actually nervous? Because like I feel like I wasn't nervous, apart from the fact that obviously the commentator has to try and make the game sound interesting. So he's like <laughs> banging on about the Newcastle game, like at any chance that he had. I mean, I I was nervous. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, okay. I don't know. It, it, how, how do you see Arsenal? A, a, a mid-table team? Because if it's a mid-table team, Leeds have absolutely evaporated some teams when they've been down. Like, yeah. I think against Newcastle, they... 4-0, though, guys. Like, I mean, yeah. All right. Amari, yeah. Amari, let me say... If done for that penalty, then, yeah. But, yeah. Amari, let me yeah. say this, right? Because I remember Claire's day watching that 4-4 Newcastle because I remember 4-0 up and I remember my bro saying to me, like, when it went 4-1, I started getting itchy. And he was like, why are you, you know, what are you complaining about? I says, I know this team. I know this team, how they can crumble. And then they went 4-4. So, you know, I was just getting shades of that. And the thing is, Leeds weren't, Leeds weren't going to give up. And that's the thing that annoys me about this team, about Arsenal of recent, I don't know, the last couple of years. We just don't seem to want to, to go for the juggler. Even when we realise that we are that 4-0 up, we should still press on for more goals. Uh, but we just get complacent. They just start to want to sort of like enjoy the game rather than killing the game. Do you see what I mean? But, and that mentality is, you know, if this, yeah. was, if, if, if this was an invincible team, you know, people would be hungry and hungry for goals. Um, but, the, but, the, yeah. The only, the only thing I would say to that, that that's a Leeds team. That was a, a different Leeds team that came out um, in the second half. And I think we, you know, we've discussed this quite a few times. If Arsenal, if we can kind of kill a game off in the first half and create X amount of chances, I wouldn't say more than happy for us to concede chances, but we kind of accept us giving away a few chances. It would have been good to get a clean sheet, but, you know, it's against the team that are renowned for attacking and, and as you said, not giving up and trying to create, like, Looking, looking at Ailing, he was even four 0 down or whatever it was. They were playing from the back. They, it looked like they were intending to cause us problems. So yeah, not surprised I mean, they found their way through. Well, Bielsa's subs at halftime said, "I still think we're in a game here." And then also, yeah. I mean, the goals were were good goals. Like that header from a corner. I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure there's a lot that could be done about that. And the move for the second goal um, was neat and tidy. 
Uh, I think Bayern just again that that little Poor, bit of sensibility yeah. in his in his in his defensive awareness, but once in behind, it's a tidy finish. Maybe maybe Jaka could could have been tighter to the um, uh, tighter to the to the attacker, but I think yeah, yeah two good goals. Made it interesting. Yeah. Made it interesting. Um, and then Bamford and then Bamford's penalty shout. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, we we got away with it. It's a shame, right? We really wanted we could have done with a really comfortable win. And in the end it was comfortable. Uh four two. They didn't really you know, we could have scored another one on a bamming hitting the, the crossbar. Um so in the end it was it we saw it out, but it's just a shame we didn't get a clean sheet. And the, the our mindsets as Arsenal fans of late, unfortunately, is that if we're so far ahead and the team we're playing against get a couple of goals, we start to get jitters. So I'd just like to have that full confidence that four uh, yeah. is done. I'm so, gonna yeah. be I'm gonna be fair, Sartero. This this is again a different Arsenal side. It's probably not as susceptible to those like kind of uh crises, breakdowns we've seen in, in the past. So yeah. Uh we brought it back under control. I think we 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 weathered it and we just we just settled it we settled it down um and that's to be commended i don't think there's enough said about that we really took the sting out of the game um and i suppose one more thing i just wanted to shout out odegaard because i thought he was he was neat and tidy in 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 midfield there and it was nice to see i mentioned it before but you're getting throwback vibes to when our midfield was composed of like Fabregas and um, Chleb and Rizicki and, you know, every mini little number 10 that we could find. Um, and, yeah, it was, I mean, it was nice. We were yeah. good on the ball. Yeah, with Odie, actually, uh, seeing him, he, he's kind of, he had a chance as well in that game. And then he had the chance uh, the game before. So I can potentially see an, an actual goal-scoring attacking threat because he seems to find his way into the box and once he get once he gets it on his left, he's not afraid to shoot. So we might see a few goals from him. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that was uh, that was the game, boys. Uh, a mini Saint Valentine's Day massacre uh, against Leeds. I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to rinse out that uh, that, yeah. that 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 title. Sorry, boys. So I'm so glad uh, Valentine's say... Day is over. We just don't, <laughs> don't need to keep bagging on. Yeah, you need, you need to you need to cut that out, dude. <laughs> boys, boys, you, when you see the sleeve of the podcast, you you'll know about it. Anyway, oh, no. um, when you see the sleeve of the podcast, you'll know about it. Um, <laughs> all right. So that was that's part one of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll be taking some questions from the listeners and then just uh, chatting about what's been going on in the Arsenal world. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. All right, and we're back for part two of the Temperamental Gooners podcast. Uh, we're now getting to take some questions from the listeners. So again, just a, a big thanks to all of you guys who are listening and giving us, uh, you know, giving us some questions to read out. Uh, we will endeavor to read them out, especially the ones that are the most liked or second most liked. Hint, hint. Anyway, over to you, Kibbs. <laughs> yeah, big, big up, uh, big up our friend of the pods, Joel McKeon. He sent in a yeah, quite, a, quite a well thought of question. It's actually before the game happened, so it's funny how it kind of ties in. But yeah, he's just basically asking if we could touch on the zone of Markham we've been playing. 
Um, and he says it seems to be a pattern where zone marking the back has cost us, seeing it a few times this season, where if man marking had been done, then we might have avoided some of the goals in which we've conceded. Yeah, uh, uh, let me go first on this one. I I'm always old school, right? Uh, maybe it's because I've seen too many people like Graham Sooners on Sky over the years and other pundits of that of that elk who aren't really happy with zonal marking or uh, and stuff like that. But I just believe if it's man-to-man, -man, then it it's your responsibility and you don't let the guy go. It, what, what seems to be happening with the Arsenal... Uh, marking from corners and stuff like that is that the big guys seem to be within at the zones and then the smaller guys are just there to sort of like disrupt um the runners and you know the when they come into the zone then it's someone like louise's zone or gabrielle's zone that walked into a holding zone or whatever but i've always been a you know from someone who's not great at defending in terms of headers and stuff <laughs> so i would usually be <laughs> at the at the posts um i i think you know usually it's it's good to see players getting touch tight and you man marking. So I've never been a real fan of zonal marking. And I, and I think if it works well and you've got the players, then fine. But I don't think it suits us, really. I don't think it suits us. Um, so, yeah, I'm not really confident when we get corners against us. Although, to be fair, we, we've, we haven't conceded that much from corners uh, from this season. And we've been one of the best in terms of defending those sort of situations. So, you know, maybe maybe Arteta has seen something that's working for him. I just don't have very much confidence in that in that type of setup for defending, personally. I am I am much more in favour of uh, <laughs> of uh, Zonal. Zonal. All right, well, let's hear, let's hear I you. I like it. I think, I think it's just... Um, well, I think, it, I think it works well. I do think it works well, and 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 as much as um, as much as man marking can fail, so can so can zonal. I just I just think that for some reason there's a lot more of an emphasis on when the zonal marking goes wrong because people aren't used to it. So everyone's always like, "Oh, terrible zonal marking is crap." But I don't think that's necessarily the case, it, and and it makes sense the way that it's meant to work. You free up your best headers of the ball to attack the ball. Um, and you try and block the runners. I mean, yes, when it goes wrong, it does. It can make you look a little bit silly. Um, as yesterday, I think cracking header, but yeah, yeah. I, and I think generally since we've gone zonal, we've we've become a little bit better at defending set plays. It's ne it's never going to be our strong suit, but I think I think generally we've we've become a bit better at defending set plays. Yeah, all I'll say, I think zonal marking is paramount to the the kind of like modern game. You can have like a mixture of the two, but I think marking or, or putting players in positions in space is, is very effective. Mm -hmm. I think of Arsenal, we seem to be a lot better this year in terms of the goals conceded from set pieces. Then, um, and I think <laughs> I think it's a very specific Arsenal problem in terms of concentration. I think man marking when we have such sometimes such poor judgment and 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 players you can switch off i th i think you know that that could be a recipe for disaster although but, with with mark and it's though you know that chance against southampton where Armstrong scored it was essentially pepe switching off yeah. which led to the goal but that's as as omari said there's always going to be instances where that's going to happen 
it's never going to be a hundred percent. I mean, my only my only comeback to that, boys, is just like Arsenal's history. Uh, and again, I, I, when I say things like this, I feel as if I'm real, real old man, old man toes. But look at the defenders we had, right? If you've got proper defenders who like to defend and are, and are drilled into that, then man marking works. We had the likes of Sol Campbell, Tony Adams, Martin Keown, Steve Bold, all of these guys who were coached in that way of defending and you know obviously from time to time those teams would concede corners but not very often that's why they became known as the famous back five so you know if you've got proper defenders if you've got proper defenders if you've got proper defenders who want to defend and are drilled into that then man marking can work but, but, but I toes, I, I, was, yeah sorry i'm saying that we don't in the late in the 90s and the early noughties when you could literally just chuck strikers to the floor and no one, no one cared. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't, there's, that's there's what I'm saying. Defending, Omari. There's an art to defending, Omari. There's an art to defending. There's an art to defending, right? <laughs> Go <the> on. Back. <laughs> right, so to, to, to close that voice, I think there's always going, it's always going to be a discussion um, on zone and marking where we should, we should man mark. But um, I think for now, Arteta seems to really like organise our defence, and I, I think for now it's working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sorry to interject. I mean, at the end, at the end of the day, we the stats show Arsenal have been defending corners well. So, I, however, my, you know, I prefer man marking. The stats show Arsenal are, aren't conceding as many from corners. So, I have to, I have to zip my tongue to that one and say, yeah, it, as long as we do it properly, and it's well drilled, no problems. No problems with it at all. Only three no goals conceded from set pieces that yeah. aren't penalties. Yeah, you um, can't. Yeah, I can't really argue with that. I don't think. Can't at all. Can't at all. Okay. Good question. Okay, second question from another friend of the pod, Daniel Kassan. Hello, my friend. If you're listening, um, yeah, so a bit of a blast to the past. I don't think you can ever avoid that, the invincibles that, but that's what i do that that's me that's me this is more to me than if it's a blast from the past i, I feel i need to re-emphasize some stuff to you boys rocky i've mentioned rocky row castle i watched the right and bright uh, sorry right and uh, rocky documentary this this afternoon in preparation i've mentioned the back five give me some more old school stuff okay so blast from the past but stands the test of time so it is still kind of like current right so all right, all right. mr kassan asks who do you think was arsene wenger's greatest signing post invincible era uh amari just throwing that at me just to put me under pressure damn right i have uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah i think there's a couple of aspects you probably have to think about right it's like success whatever whatever that might have been while they were in the team and um a contribution to that success um longevity as well um i mean i've got a bit of a soft spot for uh, i'm gonna look away from the vape one i've got a bit of a soft spot for aaron ramsey um i've got a bit of a soft spot for aaron ramsey uh, and I think he had a roller coaster, roller coaster, um, in his time at Arsenal. Um, 
was shining before that leg break. Had to battle back. Got a lot of hate. A lot of hate between yeah. like 2011 and 13 when he was getting back to his fitness. And then, yeah, exploded onto the scene. And, uh, you know, helped end our trophy drought and helped put a shining end on this 2017 season as well with another cup final win, like winning goal. And just generally classy player. Um, but it's a shame left us in the way that he did. Um, I can tell by the sigh that came out of Kibbs when I said Aaron Ramsey's name that that was going to be his one. I'm I'm sorry, but <laughs> I feel like yeah, top top guy. Okay, and on to on to toes. Uh, <laughs> you tried not to sound too hurt, but I can I can I can sense it. Yeah, I'm a bit hurt, man. Rambo's my boy. Uh, I'm gonna, it, it, you know what, right? Th- this question is quite hard. You know, I, I, you think about it. The reason why I threw it to Omar is because I was struggling to think uh, of someone uh, at the tip of my tongue. Um, but what it's difficult, right? And I think Amari's uh, done well to put those sort of categories in. But for me, I'm just gonna go with sheer uh, surprise, uh, the excitement he brought. And he was truly world-class for the time that he was with us. And it's just a shame that it ended on a bit of a sour note. Uh, I'm going to go with Alexis Sanchez because I remember in that summer of the World Cup, I don't think anyone was expecting Arsene Wenger to go out and spend... And oh, actually, you know what? Someone else has just come into my head. I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with Sanchez, but honorable mention for Santi Cazorla. But yeah, that's out of my head now. Um, Sanchez, I don't think a lot of people were expecting that he was going to come to a club like Arsenal. We spent quite a bit of money on him. And from the off, he just took us to another level just in terms of his performance. And what I really liked about Sanchez is the way it was infectious. So he starts uh, pressing from the front and really uh, pressing players and, and you know trying to win the ball back. And then everyone else starts to be on it like that. Some of the goals he scored, absolutely amazing goals. And just his creativity. So he was a goal scorer, could create goals, and was a genuine, genuine threat for us home and away. I think the reason why, you know, in the subsequent years, Arsenal were like folly away from home was because we didn't have that threat in Alexis Sanchez. I just think that he was such a great player. Um, And, you know, he never... Towards the end, there was, you know, some dips in his performances and he did give the ball away a lot. But I just think for me, uh, just in terms of sheer excitement of a player and, you know, just unpredictability and just genuine world-class, he could... could, Sanchez could go into any team in the world and he was at Arsenal. And And subsequently, he played his best football for Arsenal, I think. So yeah, for me, it's a it's it's a number seven, Alexis Sanchez. Okay, uh, yeah, good shout, good shout as well. I think mine would be slightly controversial, but if you actually look at him in terms of the quality, I don't think you'll be surprised to hear. But it's Robert Van Persie for me. Um, ooh, ooh. Uh, I, don't I don't think that's controversial. Ooh. Just be- just because of how he left, right? So. Fan- Van, 
Arsenal fans might be angry with the way he left our club and that, that may have tarnished his uh, legacy at the club. But for me, we all know Arsenal, we've had many fantastic Dutch players. I think number one would be Bergkamp, no denying that. Um, we've had a few others, but Robert Van Persie, wow, 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 wow. What a player he has been. Um, we never really got to see the best of him on a consistent basis, but... You know, even when he came over, I think it was 2004, he was like 20 years old for final. We saw like moments of just absolute genius. I think that goal against Charlton, I, I just like looked at him, I looked at that goal and I was like, wow, well, I haven't, I didn't really know about you, but I know about you now. <laughs> um, I think he's one of my favourite players on Pez Pro Evolution Soccer. I just, what a magnificent player. I think he was our eighth top goal scorer ever, 132 goals. Um, um, I don't think we'll forget the season where he got the golden boot. Um, yeah. Any any kind of goal. Tal- talisman. He, he, just, yeah. he just done it big. Do you know what? I would say it's, it's only maybe controversial because of how little he played six in the years. times, in the six years. Because, I mean, the way he left, obviously, I think, when especially... The age we were at when he left, um, kids, I know it hurt. It hurt. It hurt to other levels. But as I got a bit older, I'm like, obviously he had to go. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've seen I've seen that all before, gents, in my time. <sighs> yeah, yeah and, and that's what I'm saying. I've matured a bit, and now I'm even looking at Sesk, and I'm thinking, with with what with what we're like hearing, and then kind of what we're seeing. You know, these players had to go. They had to go. Um, they had to go. <laughs> but yeah, RVP, you can't, you won't yeah. be forgotten. Uh, RVP, right? The goals he scored. I think I remember his, I think his his first goal for, for the club. I think he, I think we were drawing to someone stupid at home and he smashed it into the top. He, he smashed, he smashed it. Uh, there's a goal that he scored against... He loved to score really, really great goals against Blackburn Rovers. I remember one in the semi-final of the FA Cup and one at home. I think the one at home, uh, the Emirates, I think it was the last game at the... It's the last season, the Emirates. The roar in the Emirates was just Highbury. like... Uh, yeah, hi, sorry, thank you, Highbury. Cheers, Amari. Uh, the roar at Highbury was just like... That's it's amazing. Um and then, you know, the volley against uh, Everton, the volley against Liverpool, you know, Van Persie. And his penalties, all so decisive. Every Strecken. single penalty. Exactly. Uh, his great great talent, great talent. So listen, it's a good shout. And he had a bit of bite about him, like Dennis Bergkamp. He wasn't afraid to put in a challenge. He was, he was a at the start. He, red cards. Yeah, he was pissing off Wenger with all those red cards. Red I don't. Uh, in in hindsight, I don't mind it, man, because he he he, he proved it on the pitch. Uh, shame that he didn't win any. Well, he did. He won FA Cup, but it's a yeah. shame when he was playing his best football, he didn't win anything of us. I still believe that's at the fault of the board and 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 those higher up who didn't really give us that ammunition mm. to Ten supplement. To Ten supplement when he came back in, I think it was like mm. in January time. He came fit and he scored like twenty. Yeah, no. Uh, honestly, I don't think it's no. Yeah, we had to. We had to. If he left because we weren't willing to challenge, and that's fair enough. Mm, I've just seen Robert Lewandowski score an amazing goal, by the way. Um, but 
I, I struggle with this about, you know, unless the the play the, the board didn't support us, but we that those Arsenal teams fundamentally did not have the winning mentality. Too many times we got so close and we choked. So I'm a bit yeah, I, I, yeah. For me, I, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a bone to pick with the likes of that generation of players because they should have won something. Wenger continually backed, backed them, and they, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't cross the line in terms of winning. And then afterwards, they're like, okay, well, it's not going to happen here. I want to leave. Nasri, uh, Van Persie, uh, Fabregas, Oxley, Chamberlain, all um, these chaps. Oh, yeah, don't, think, don't start me off. Kids. No, I, th- no, I think that's fair to the point, but that's the culture of the club. It starts from the top, runs who, down all the way through the players. You can say Wengar, you can, you can, I, I can agree with that to an extent. But one thing I would say with that, those iterations of the squads, there's a lot of times where we certainly weren't good enough. I could not believe we were in some positions in the league or the Champions League. How did we even get to that semi-final? That semi-final in 09, travesty. What were we doing there? But how did we even <laughs> get there? Did you see that? Did you see that I team? Think the run, I think the run was actually... I, I remember we beat Porto. Who did we beat in the semi-final? I mean, in the quarter-final. I can't remember who beat I in the quarter-final. Know, I can't remember because we got smoked I think it was, so it was someone Spanish. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I can't remember. But you, but you see, like, we're yeah. going to go to that... We're, uh, I'm, I'm thinking about the Liverpool... Uh, Champions League quarterfinal game now. Again, it's just the, the, the experience and just the lack of know-how. We had too many players who just I know Porto we had too many boys, players. So. We had too many players who just weren't able to take us over. And then what really annoyed me is that, you know, when we came so close, they're like, Oh, okay, well, it's not gonna happen here. I, I need to go to further my career. And it's just like, okay, cheers, boys. If you guys had uh put it in when you needed to, uh, we would have won something. But yeah. I'm a bit hurt, so, yeah. Yeah, so thanks all the listeners for your questions. We have a few more, but I think we will continue those in the next pod because we would like to go into detail of those questions because they're pretty good as well. Um, If you'd like to send us any questions, you can find us on Instagram at temperamentalgunas, and you can either DM us or use the hashtag TGP questions and you can also find us on twitter at tp gunas yeah just send us a dm or even just tweet us you can also email us at uh, uh temperamental guna at yahoo.com as well but yeah email is so old school um <laughs> all right boys we're gonna <laughs> i'm continuing that theme all right boys we're that's the end of part two. Uh, in part three, we're going to preview the upcoming Europa League game with Benfica on Thursday night. And then a very big game at the Emirates uh, to Man City, who look, uh, who look quite unstoppable. But uh, let's, let's talk about it nonetheless. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Toes from the Temperamental Gunas podcast. Just want to give a quick shout out to Contrarian Photos for our great podcast lead for this special Valentine's edition. If you want to get more from us guys, if you want to contact us, you can find us on Instagram at uh, Temperamental Gunas and on Twitter at TPGuna. And of course, you can email us at TPGuna at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening.
are back for part three of the Temperamental Guna podcast. Um, right, so we're going to have uh, a few games to, to look at uh, uh, in terms of uh, the upcoming week predictions and all that. So firstly, it's the Europa League. We're back in the competition. It's the uh, round of 32. Yeah, round of 32. And uh, we're playing Benfica. Uh, are, we playing, uh, are we playing Rome? Uh, Benfica yeah. away in Rome, I think Rome. it is. Yeah, but is this the home leg? It's oh, away. it's the away there. It's, it's away. away. Right. Our, our home leg is in Athens. Yeah. Thomas. Um, Amari, have you got some interesting stuff to tell us about Benfica? I feel like looking at the Benfica team sheet might be a, uh, a real blast from the past uh, when we see Jan Vertonghen and Nicolas Otamendi in that centre half with Adel Tarat playing in, in attack with field floating around. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So some, there's some, there's some, um, there's a couple of uh, players that we're familiar with um, from the Prem. Um, that yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they perform against us. I think Benfica haven't had the the best of seasons in Liga Nos. They're sitting fourth in the table at the moment. Um, but yeah, they 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 were in the they were in the Europa League group with Rangers actually, drew a couple of times with Rangers um, home and away. Uh, so if that's an indication of 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 their kind of level, then maybe maybe we shouldn't be as worried as I think we all are about this game. I, I just always feel right that Benfica for European competitions they've just got such a such a history and such. Um, such experience in these type of games that they're going to they're going to know how to they've got the know-how basically um so yeah i, I think it's going to be a difficult game I, I you know they i, I think uh, they had a couple of difficult games with rangers um and rangers are doing really well um but i just always feel that you know in these kind of games away from home we <clears throat> we tend to struggle a bit these kind of European nights, uh, obviously, there's no fans there to make it even more uh, difficult for us. But you know, I, I think I, I think it'll be tough for Arsenal. I think it'll be tough for Arsenal. I think we've got to bring all our all our experience, and hopefully, we can have those players who were rested over the weekend. They can come in and, and make a big difference. Uh, hopefully, this is a game that the unpredictability of someone like a Pepe uh, could really shine in, and um, you know, whether or not he brings in uh, Lacazette somehow at centre-forward to hold up the ball well and Aubameyang goes on to one of the wings or whatnot. I don't know uh, what he might do there. But, uh, yeah, I just I just hope that we keep it tight. And, and, you know, because I think these games, I think we really need this competition. I think we really need this competition. For the season to make sense, I think we need this competition. Sorry, Kibbs, over to you. Yeah, it, it doesn't look like the Benfica maybe from old years, but I think in every league, even in our league, uh, it's been quite disruptive. Like COVID has had an effect on, on most teams. So um, I'm still very wary of their uh, potential to, to not even to cause an upset, but potential to, to cause us problems. Um, just looking at some of like their XG and, and stuff like that, I think on average they're they're conceding nearly one goal per game. It's around I think zero point eight three. So that's why I'm just hoping that maybe we we can nick a goal because I I think travelling is always tough. Um, 
it's always going to be tough for us. It's, it's going to it's going to make it a difficult game. So I'm hoping we can just nick nick a goal and then take it into the second leg. But it, there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of we don't know. I don't even know how we're going to line up. So um, yeah. I'm just waiting to see. Really, that's the main In- thing for me is that I, I I mean we just don't know who's going to be in our starting lineup. I mean, I mean, it looks like he'll maybe come too soon for Tierney and Partey, yeah. uh, but you just never know. Um, don't know what the front line's going to really look like. Um, the annoy- Sorry, the annoying thing about that is just like, that's exactly what we did last year with Olympiacos. We nicked the away goal. We did the hard work away. We went 1-0 up. Then we came back to the Emirates and then we ballsed it up. So... Yeah, sorry for being sounding negative there or whatnot, but it's just that, yeah, I, I really hope that we can do that. And then if we do do that, then we go and finish the job at home, inverted commas, in Athens. Um, so, yeah, it's important It's important that we, we nick something away from home. And I think, obviously, you know, we've, we've got the... I think we've got... We're playing with a certain amount of confidence. So if we can... We should be able to score. We should be able to score. We should be able to score. And if we've scored away from home, then that's half of the job done, I think. So, yeah. Um, yeah I think we've we've also shown that we prefer to play, a, a, well, we seem to find it a bit easier against teams that maybe want to open up and play against us. Um, and, you know, to what extent Benfica might do that, you you're, you hope that on a European night, um, teams normally want to play a bit more, want to be a bit more expressive. So um, that could work into our hands. Um, yeah. It's a it's a big game, um, and and like you said, Toes, it's, it's probably the the last lifeline of this season. Although I'm looking at the league table at the moment, and I'm just thinking those two losses against Villa and Wolves were disastrous, disastrous. Chelsea in uh, fourth at the moment, ridiculous, ridiculous. How has that happened? But anyway, shall we shall we predict this one? Because Kibbs is uh Kibbs is going to leave us soon. Uh, Kibbs, what are you what are you predicting for this one? You go first. Yes, I just thought we, we, we may nick it, so I'm going for 1-0 to the oh, Arsenal. No. Old right. school. Oh, yeah. Old school. Finally, someone's with me, old school. Someone's with me, old school. Amari, uh, what are you going to go for? I'm going to go for a 2-0. Okay, 2-0. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. Uh, I'm going to go for 1-1. One, one. I don't think... Uh, I, I, I wish... I hope we, we see it out like a 1-0, but I don't know. I'm just not very confident in terms of us keeping a clean sheet. Uh, very quickly into the City game. Um, Kibbs, okay, Kibbs is going to leave us. Yeah, all right, so that's a bye from Kibbs. Uh, right, Amari, me and you to finish it off now. Um, the City game, what are you saying? Uh, I am not confident. Yeah, it's not a good time to be coming up against Man City. It is not a good time to be coming against Man City. Um, I think we haven't had any real joy playing them in the league over the last few seasons, especially not at the Emirates. Um, they score three goals against us like it's like it's nothing. <laughs> yeah, we, we can't even we can't even touch a glove on them. We no. can't even touch a glove on them. Even even in the games where we don't get absolutely destroyed, we're nowhere near it. We're nowhere near it. I remember the 2-0. That was Emery's first game in charge, and it was only 2-0, but we were absolutely nowhere near them. 
um, for the whole game. Um, obviously, we've got the cup game last year as a potential blueprint, but uh, yeah, I, I really don't know. And uh, and the way that they're playing at the moment, they just look so fluid, and I think they'll cause us some real, real, real issues going forward. They they yeah. could cause some real problems. You know, like, like you said, right, the, the cup game uh, semi-final of the FA Cup uh, last season is a good blueprint. But I think any formation that we tried against them, we would be in trouble. And I really do not think, you know, I was thinking about it earlier, would that work? And I don't think it would. I, I think Arteta's evolved the team in a way that he doesn't really want to go back to that. And even mm. if he did, I don't think it would work. Um, I think we would lack so much penetration. Yeah, if we did, if we tried to go there, because we we were just so poor when we tried it uh, this season. It seemed for the first for the first majority uh, for the first part of the season for the majority. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not very I'm not very confident at all. Um, it, it's just I would just like to see us compete. That's the main thing, right? It's not too yeah. hard. That's the main thing, right? For us to compete. Yeah, I think I think again we we said that these run of games would be a good indicator of where we are, and I think uh, we've let ourselves down with those Wolves and 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 Villa. The, maybe the result against Wolves was a letdown, but the performance against Villa was really poor. We've brought it back a bit with this Leeds game. I think we we we'd um, and 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 I and while I say the Villa performance was poor, it was a lot better than some of the things we'd seen at the start of the season, but. I think we wanted to see something maybe a bit more during this run. Um, the Benfica game provides one opportunity to do that. And if we can be competitive against City, um, you know, for the first time in a number of years, that would be good to see. But then back of our mind is always that we are 10th and we are 10th for good reason. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's difficult to see how we will, one, be able to contain them, but two, also be able to threaten them they've conceded what i i don't even know how many goals 13 goals this season or something crazy yeah. like they don't concede any goals anymore they don't seem to be as open at the back um and even when they used to be like that we couldn't really threaten them so yeah yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly. doesn't matter it doesn't matter they could play with all their strikers in defense it doesn't seem as if we'd be able to to score against them i i'm, I'm just really just shows you how generations of football uh, changes because, you know, City used to be like designated six points a season. But obviously, you know, the investment that they've had and we don't need to go into that, but it's just City are now light years, light years ahead of us. And it's just a shame that we're just so far off and we haven't. I, I think what the last victory we had against them was that um, that 2 nil win at the Indeed. Etihad. In the league, yeah, I, I, the famous uh, Cockerland, the famous no, Cockerland Casola game. We beat them again in 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 December that year. Oh, you're right. We did. Uh, oh no, no, not at home. Yeah, no, but it wasn't that year. It was like uh, it was a, it was a game before the famous Southampton loss. Yeah, it was the fifteen sixteen season. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and um, oh, that was that season. Yeah, as in, oh, okay. yeah, right, yeah, twenty fifteen yeah. later on that yeah. year. Um. And then, yeah, I can't think. Jeez, we I don't did the double in City? Well, it wasn't quite the double because it was in two different seasons. So, oh, right, um, right. Okay, right. Yeah, okay. But, um, yes, right. That, that's why I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. God, that's sad. We, yeah. 
we fall. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think yeah, since Guardiola's come in, we've not really been we've not really been close to them in the league. Um, yeah, I I I just don't think we're going to get any joy. Um, shall we shall we predict this up, uh, Omari? I think we're going to kill ourselves if we keep on just. Talking. <laughs> so let's just let's just predict it up. And then we go to top five and high five and throw a five and then, and then that's it, <laughs> really. Um, what are you predicting? Uh, I'm going to go for a 2-0 defeat. Um, they'll have a Champions League game, I think, next week. So maybe they won't go all out from the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of the listeners are not going to be ha- uh, happy with us and our negativity, but I think we've got to be a bit realistic. Uh, I'm going to go for... I'm going to go for 3-0. 3-0 yeah. loss. Be fair, they they score loss. three against us like it like it's nothing. Yeah, and just Raheem Sterling, I can just see him giving Cedric Soros uh, some issues. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's it. Um, okay, well, we're going to we're gonna keep... Oh, uh, yeah, sorry, go prediction as well. I think he went for a, Oh yeah, yeah. He, he actually did. went for a three-one Man City win as well. So sorry, even my bad. Mr. Positive was being negative. So yeah, there, there you go, there you go. Even Mr. Positive was being negative. So three-one loss. Kibbs was calling it. Um, uh, we're going to keep Kibbs's top five the same. Uh, Amari, who are you going to go? Uh, who's in your top five this week? So you had Rob Holding, uh, Thomas Partey, Kiarantini, Bakaya Saka, and Emil Smith Rowe. I think you'd kept your top five. From um, uh, from before. Is Jan- is Jacker in mine? No. Yeah, I think Tierney hasn't played for about six weeks, so <laughs> I probably have to take him out at some point. Uh, let's bring let's bring Jacker in, um, and let's hope that Party's fit for this week. But I don't think he'll play on. I don't think he'll play on Thursday. Uh, okay, only change. So holding. Yeah. Holding party, Xhaka, Saka, Emil Smith Rowe. Okay. Um, I had Nicholas Pepe, Thomas Party, Bakaya Saka, Alexandra Lacazette, and Emil Smith Rowe. I think I'm going to have to. It, it, it's hard because Granite Xhaka has actually been playing very, very well. Um, I think I'm going to keep mine this... No, I'm going to have to put in a Bamiyang. Uh, I'm going to have to drop Lacazette and bring in a Bamiyang. Uh, that's very temperamental based on one performance a Bamiyang gets in, but I'm just hoping that uh, this is this is a new dawn for him this season. So a Bamiyang uh, replaces uh, Lacazette for me. Uh, and that's my top five. Um, all right. It's a special Valentine's Day high five and throw a pie. <laughs> I've never heard Last one bloke mention Valentine's Day so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 15th of February as well, guys. It's not. It's no longer Valentine's Day. It, it, it's supposed to be the pod for the Valentine's Day. All right. Well, look, high five and throw a pie, uh, Amari. Uh, who are you high fiving? Oof. Um, I was going to say it's a difficult one this week. It's actually not a difficult one. Um, I'm high fiving a Bamiyan because I threw a pie at him last week because. He just did, hadn't done a lot, but he, he reminded us uh, this weekend of what he can do. Um, long may it continue. Long may it continue. Um, 
Bamiyang gets a high five. All right. And who's getting the pie? That is really hard. Really hard this week. It, it, it is. It is this week. It is this week. It's really hard. Um, I don't think anyone really deserves it. Go uh, on. You've got to throw someone a pie. Yeah, you know when it's like that, you know who it's going towards. It's actually really unfortunate. We, almost we haven't even off. mentioned him. We went a we whole podcast without even talking to him. But yeah. he... he 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 gets it just because he took someone else's place. You know, someone else could have been brought on. And it's not his fault that he didn't he he got substituted on, but I'm blaming him for it. So he's he's catching up. William's catching a pie. He's catching a pie. Um uh, uh, that's actually really I, unfair. I'm gonna high five Bakaya Saka because he played, he was instrumental in that win against Leeds. Everything he did came off and he just looked so, so dangerous. So Bakaya Saka is getting uh, another high five from me. I gave him a high five last week. And a pie, uh, it, yeah, it's hard. But I, And I think, to be fair, people may see this as the, the vendetta again because I gave him a week off last week. But it's just he came on, Willian, and yeah, there was so many other players who could have taken the place uh, who could have come on at that stage? Ma- why Martinelli's not getting a game? Pepe could have come on. You know, yeah. who you else know, could maybe have come at some on? point? We're gonna have to stop pieing Willian and start pieing Arteta for playing Willian. But I have to yeah. just shift the blame. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's not his fault. He's the one who's getting picked uh, at the end of the day. Yeah. He's the one that's getting picked. So yeah, uh, Willian's getting a pie just because. And he gave me that. Remember what I mentioned uh, a couple of pods back. About uh, the Kieran Gibbs coming on at four-two complacency, the smile, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I got a bit of that vibe from William <laughs> yesterday when he came on, so he's getting a pie from me. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, thanks very much, listeners. That is it. That's another episode of the Temperamental Guna Podcast. Next week will be our tenth episode, so uh, please tune in for that and uh, get in some questions for us. Uh, we are very happy to be doing this, uh, so just keep supporting us. So that's a bye from me. And goodbye from me as well.